When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Support strong, healthy bones with Swiss Vitamin D 400 capsules. Now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Thursday, 3rd of November. I've come back with an Aussie accent. I haven't. I'm just tricking. I'm back. I'm looking forward to ripping in, boys. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Welcome in. Welcome back. Let's go. How are you, Kempe, Louie? Oh, morena, brother. Good to have you back. Yeah, not too bad. I thought you brought a goat back with you then. <laughs> Still a bit croaky, eh? Big week. A little bit. Big week over there. A little bit. Derby Day, Melbourne <laughs> Cup Day, Pongo, Pongo. <laughs> how are the, how are the Aussies pronouncing the name, mate? They're getting it right. Pongo. 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 <laughs> no, he's Pongo over in Australia. But, uh, nah, great time. Great time. What a city. Melbourne. What a place to be. Where dreams are made and hearts are stolen and, well, everything and above. It was uh, a hell of a couple of days, lads. And, yep. Pango couldn't get the job done, but mate, very proud of him. He went over there, third start, walked up through the tunnel, and there was a big old crowd and soaked it up. He's still quite young, and he over-raced hard. 
I've raced hard and actually when you probably didn't see it on the uh, on TV but home straight there's a big old headwind and if you're exposed like that and you're taking all the cover um all that wind front on it's going to be a tough old outing but we're a happy fifth and uh on derby day we celebrated and I'll tell you what lads you got to get over there and you got to experience the birdcage in the ECNZ ECN with Hutchie and the setup that they run holy I've got blisters all over my feet. <laughs> I, I was bogging down Is that on the right? deep floor. Oh, nice, It was mate. so good. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. Well, hey, what's so what's up? What's the next? What's the next target? Um, look, we're in a situation now with Pongo. We're like, we're probably going to get him gouted. Um, just yeah, start. We'll, we'll get him gouted, and maybe in the next week or so, and then he'll go spell at Oak Ridge, and then we'll bring him back in autumn. Bring them back in autumn and and target some nice autumn races. So probably January he'll get back into working in and then look to race February. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So so hit him away, spell him up, and uh, bring him back for some highlights, mate. What was the highlight? What was the highlight? Best oh, it had to be just that 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 race, Derby Day. Derby Day it had to be that that moment when we walked up and went to the owners' box and you got your race one owners thing. Then you go through the the members' lounge, you go through that, and then you go to the owners' area, and you watch the horses do their walk around, and yeah, you, you know, J Max there, go up there and meet J Mac, and then Charlie Duckworth sitting there giving him the prep talk, pep talk before the race, and we're sitting there, and I'm listening, going, "Oh my god, what am I doing? J Max on pungle, what's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you wish them all the best, and you go away, and then obviously the race, when the race is happening, you go up and you sit in the um, box with all the other owners. And uh, you'll sit there, and there's always one happy owner at the, uh, that leaves at the end. But uh, and then go watch him do the race, and then come back in. Uh, it was just a highlight. That that two minutes of fun is what it's all about. Just going over there and, and watching a horse that you've invested in, and hopefully go over there and do the job. Wasn't meant to be, but mate, the whole experience was awesome, Kempi. You felt it. You felt it plenty of times, and and it was. Um, Pretty surreal, eh, to know that. And it was quite crazy, you know, you're sitting at, you don't really know who's listening, but on the way over, everyone's like, good luck with your horse when I was loading on the plane and blah, blah. I was like, oh, no, I've overhyped this horse. But anyway, we'll go for COVID and have a, have the a good shot. were happy. The TAB were <laughs> real happy. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. And it was, it was quite funny. I was, having a, I was having a little dab on the blackjack, boys. Tell you what, Crown got a hiding from Dagger. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I was like, oh, hey, bro, do you want a drink? And he goes, nah, nah, I can't afford it. I backed your horse. And I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They love uh, a bit of banter. But it was good. Yeah. And the weather turned, they turned the weather on for you. They took some, that, of, that cross, they took some of that cross church weather for you over there. Derby Day was good, but <laughs> Melbourne Cup. Holy, the girls were frozen. Daisy oh, was like, the rain. Daisy, get off your jacket. <laughs> like, it was like the coldest day and raining and horrible mm. um, that, that it could have possibly been. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a dampener. But, hey, tick that box, bucket list, been the Melbourne Cup. Absolutely loved it. And the worst thing is, <laughs> Cup Week next week, go do it all again. Yeah. You'll be right. There's your anyway. warm-up. There's your warm-up. You're ready for it. <laughs> You're ready, yeah, ready for, it, for it, lads. Yeah, How's the lads? Anyway, boys, you're holding the fort down. Plenty happening in the sporting world. Louis Herman, what? How you doing? 
Yeah, good, Izzy. I am good. It's uh, good to have you back. It's been a, a massive few days just soaking it in from this part of the world, really. It's such a good week. Like, mm. it just doesn't really stop, does it? Today, there's the Oaks. Can she's extreme oh. get up at $2.50? I've certainly backed her to do so. Um, then this weekend, it's uh, Champion Stakes. I don't know if you guys have seen the fields there. It's pretty sickening, to be honest, the amount of good horses that are going around. Nature Strip versus Giga Kick versus Levante. Animo versus yeah. I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, Alligator Blood versus Private Eye. It's just so good. Then the 2000 Guineas down in Christchurch, uh, kind of our stallion making race. Pierre, Dynastic, Cognito, Prowess. This is dramatic. Yeah, so the racing, I'm just super busy. Heads in the fields trying to find. Who are we picking that? Trying to find Who are we picking for that, Louis? No idea. I, picked, I, I got on Novia last year, and obviously we know what happened there. Steamed home from the back and pumped. It was so good, but. Have we got anyone like a Novia that's coming in? No, there's definitely not a Novia, is he? Um, definitely not a Novia. Pierre is the deserved favourite, but what what do we do with Dynastic? Don't know. Mm. His run last start was just good enough that you can't drop him, but he's drawn wide. He's taken support in the market already. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And then um, we're down next week, Tuesday, that we're on all day Tuesday, the Good Oil, Mick, myself, Clado, Staffy for New Zealand Cup Day, the Trotting Cup. Now, the draw has been done for the Trotting Cup, and it is that race looks like it could be the race of the spring, the harness. It's awesome. It's, there's, there's Australian chances, there's North Island chances, there's South Island chances, so we're on here all day uh, Tuesday doing a good all show. Can't wait for that. Um, it's going to be a big, long week. I'm going to be tired, boys. You have to be carrying me in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> easy, mate. Easy, mate. I'm, I'm going along for an hour. I'm going to do uh, uh, something for Ken Artire, just for a look over there, a little marquee there. An for hour? I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stay, boys. <laughs> I'm going to get in and out. Right. In and out. Because Daisy, Daisy and about 20 girls are going to be there, and I don't really want to be hanging around with all them and... After a few champagnes, they're ruining your ears. So I'll go and do an hours, and I'll come back. Saturday's my day. Saturday is my day. Kimpy, have you booked your flight, mate? There's been a bit of a uh, yeah, bit a bit of a chat going on here, and at this at this stage, the answer to that's no. Um, but you you never know, Daggy. You never know. Might. But, uh, but who's stopping you booking might, your own flight? Might trip. Might trip down. Oh, myself really. Um, I've got I've got two of these. Oh yeah, yeah I know, mate. <laughs> Could you imagine it? Oh my! Yeah, no, it'd be a big week, mate. I've been watching it um, unfold down there. A couple of my mates, they uh, they've been going for years. A couple of mates up here, they go down every year um, for Tuesday and uh, on the Trotting Cup day. And it's um, yeah, mate, it's it's our answer to the Melbourne Cup, really. The 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 week down in in Christchurch. So you never know, Daggy it might show up um, unexpectedly, but. At this stage, the answer to that one is still a little bit touch and go. What What about these stats, Kempi, on the Melbourne Cup? You just mentioned it's our version of the Melbourne Cup. The Cup, New Zealanders, this is how much we spent. $28 million we invested on Tuesday. <laughs> the highest day of turnover recorded in the 73-year history of TAB. So that's up $28 million. Last year it was 26 and a half. So that's, we've spent one and a half more million on the Melbourne Cup this year. I don't know what that is, involves. Um, yeah, I don't know why that would be, but yeah, there were some nice collects. One punter won 93 grand. Um, 
There was uh, one punter that won 64k off a $15 bet. Uh, someone won 43k off a $10 bet. I always love seeing these. An uh, easy bet first four returned a $5 easy bet returned 32 grand. <laughs> Come on. Give me some of that. Did you hear any good stories over there, Is, while you're while you're on uh, course? No, nah, not really. Not, not really. I, I, I went out and watched the main race on course because um, we're in the birdcage. I don't know if you've been in the birdcage here, but it's quite far back. You don't even actually see too much racing. That's probably a down part of the, the birdcage area, but it's a hell of a party zone, so that's obviously the positive. But, um, yeah, I didn't hear any stories, uh, Kempi, but I, I did hear one story. I, I got a message, actually, from my barber. My barber. And I got a haircut last Tuesday, and I went in, and I said, I said, um, I, I don't even remember this, but I must have, he asked me, what am I going back in the Melbourne Cup? And I said, number one, gold trip. I don't even remember saying this, but anyway. <laughs> before the race, he's like, have you back number one? And I had seen it, but I didn't reply because I was humming. And I was like, oh, yes, sweet ass. But I, I didn't back number one. I went on Montefelia and Numerian. Uh, and I don't know why, but from Thursday to Tuesday, every punter that thinks they knows what they're doing is, is talking you out of your original pick. So I've gone from Gold Trip, then I've gone to How Your Mal, then I've gone to Numerian, then I've gone to Montefilia, and I'm like, what's going on? Anyway, my barber put some money on it. I think he put a hundy on Gold Trip. He rung me up, and he's like, bro, oh, why we won. Well done. Hopefully you're back there. I said, nah. What did I even say? And he says, <laughs> he you said you're back in number. Yeah, so he won 2.1K. He was happy as my barber, and he told one of the other barbers to do it. He got on it. And then he rang me out. So like, I hope you're back to bro. Thank you. And he goes, I go, nah. Free haircuts. I what I What did I say? <laughs> and he says, you said the back number one, gold trip. And I was like, what in it is it? Anyway, anyway, it's all good. We'll get there. And uh, yeah, suppose I've got to catch up on all these push-ups, eh? 400 push-ups. Oh, you're yeah, not the yeah, only I'll one, too. I, I saw Drive doing some last night for the first time. They said they missed the, the first day. And they were catching up last night doing 20 a break, apparently. I said, ooh. You know, 160 push-ups. Was it 180 push-ups I had to get through yesterday's session? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how sore they are tonight when they've got to get back down and do another 90. Yeah, beauty. Hold on. Hold on. Easy. Excited, eh? <laughs> Tell you what, the boys haven't missed one. I've been yeah, in here, audience. mate. We've been driving them every break. They haven't missed one yet. And Joe, mate. Remember when Joe got down and did that push-up? So he got and started push-ups. Next minute he's running yeah, a half, mar- half marathon. Mate, he's yeah, he's a bit of a beast, is he? He's going real yeah. well. He's going so real talk well, Talk me through Jason. those little devices you're using, Kimpy. What are those little devices you're using, mate? mate? These, little, these little things here. your tricep. These, are, these little <laughs> things here, mate. Look yeah. at them. Yeah. They're, they're worn. They're so old, mate. I got these. Oh, mate, these would be... At least what do these do? Just really extend your tricep, kind of. Well, you know, instead of putting your hands down and 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 knackering your wrists, they just push up bars, mate. You're nice. You get a nice grip on them, you know. So you, it holds the ground instead of you doing. You're just doing push ups. So, um, mate, they're about. Oh, you pick them up for about twenty bucks at a at a Rebel Sport these days. So nice. Okay. Yeah, go and get yourself a pair, mate. So nine is it? Are we doing nine in the first ad break? No. We're doing ten. ten. We're doing ten in the breaks, and that's only three so three breaks, breaks an hour. So we're right. So it is. Yeah, it's pretty manageable to be honest. But 
it's just committing to the bit, you know. Uh, you got to commit to it, um, and you got what weekends off, mate. It's a good cause, you know. It's been some real good chat. We got one guy come on, and we got hopefully going to get him on. He's doing a thousand pull ups in a day. Wow, a thousand! Yeah. And I was trying to work it out how he's going to do that. Not in numbers like you think ten. So he's going to do sets of ten. Well, that's a fair effort. Oh, it's good. That, that's Scott, and I can't. We'll track Scott down and chat to him. We spoke to Geordie Gibbons and Chris Steele yesterday. They're playing yeah, six hundred and thirty nice. holes, holes of golf, of in, golf. A, in a week um, <laughs> together. Seen that? They've invited us up to Murawai to come and uh, do a show from out there when they tee off at about seven thirty one morning. So Izzy, I'll let you know the date and we'll get you on a plane. Um, come another one, you, mate. By then, that's fifteen. That's about. 18 days away, mate. You'll be ready. You'll be ready. You'll be, you'll be like, get me off the farm. I need another excursion. So that's all right. Um, here's Cam. He says, I like one today. Race three, number 15. Cam, what track, mate? We need, you got to give us what track. I assume you're talking Flemington, maybe? I was at the pub with the uh, lad that got the $30,000 collect. Oh, man. That would just be some sort of scenes. Keep your messages coming through on double eight double three. Can't wait question of the day. Right. Here's a can't wait question of the day. What do you think about this team? The All Blacks 15 team has been named to play Ireland A tomorrow, which is 8.45 a.m. Saturday. So Saturday morning... You're getting the All Blacks 15. What do you think about this team? Aiden Ross, Brody McAllister, Tavita Mafaleo, Josh Dixon, Paddy Tuapalotu is the captain, Dom Gardner gets a start at blindside flanker. I think Dom Gardner is a little bit of something. Luke Jacobson gets a start at open side. Izzy Sky Marino Mikaeli Tu'u is starting at f- number eight. TJ Pernada is the vice captain. Damien McKenzie is at first five. AJ Lamb's on the right wing. Roger Tuivas and Sheik and Braden Nino go straight from the All Blacks midfield to the All Blacks 15 midfield. Sean Stevenson's on the right wing with Ruben Love at fullback. Tyrone Thompson, reserve hooker Finlay Brewis to Mighty Williams, reserve prop. Zach Gallagher, the reserve lock with Christian Lilowedi in jersey 20. Cam Roygaard, who has got a lot of fans, reserve halfback Josh Uwani and Alex Nankivu, your reserve backs. What do you make of that team? The All Blacks 15, it's the first team they have named. What is your initial reaction? That is your team. I'll read you it again on the other side. Get Izzy and Kempi's takes as well. Cam, see that's Woodville, by the way. It's not Flemington. Good, Cam. Race three, number 15 from Cam. What there's do you no make? Number fifteen. <laughs> All right, Cam. There's no, there's no number. Have a 15. break, son. Have a break. There's no number fifteen, Cam. Uh, what do you make of that All Blacks fifteen side? Do you like it? Do you care? Are you going to be watching Saturday morning? I'd be curious to know what you th- if you think that's. I mean, that they really only had one side to pick, but when you see it all together and when you heard that all together. Did it get you going? Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. We'll get Kempi and his thoughts on it just after this. 26 minutes past 6 o'clock. Hey, we've got our first All Blacks 15 team named. And by the way, this is going to be a thing moving forward. Aidan Ross, Brody McAllister, Tavita Mafaleo. we got Josh Dixon, Paddy Tuipoloto, Dom Gardner, Luke Jacobson, Marino Mikaeli Tu'u at number 8. TJ Perenata, Damien McKenzie, left wing AJ Lamb, midfield RTS and Braden Enor, Sean Stevenson on the right, Ruben Love, 
at fullback. That's your starting 15 of the All Blacks 15. Izzy, initial reactions? Um, yeah, look. Yeah, I haven't really, to be honest, had thought about this team. There's so many other teams that are on the forefront of my mind. I just can't wait to watch the Black Ferns, to be honest. But uh, one one observation from the team is is how well how's Damien McKenzie going to go? This is a guy that's gone away, got signed to Japan, and has come back. He's wanted to be a part of the uh, All Blacks reckoning to go to the World Cup in France. He missed out in 2015, uh, 2019 because of a broken leg. So, look, all eyes will be on Damien McKenzie, I feel, to see how he can lead this team. So he's one that I'm really looking forward to watching, seeing if he can rediscover some form and some confidence and, and put some pressure on Stephen Pedofeta at the top in the, in the top team. So he's one I'm looking forward to. And then, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of, of the Marino Michele too. Seeing how he can go on the big stage. He's um, a guy that's been knocking on the door for a couple of years now. This is his chance to really show that he can go over and play international rugby at the top level and, and deliver. So those are the two eyes that I'm going to be really watching once I uh, watch the replay because there'll be plenty of other things I want to watch. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> there's, mate, there's so much on. Like the, the girls are playing over and the Kiwi Ferns are playing the French at the moment. We're watching on Spark, the Rugby League World Cup, which just started um, this week. And, and you're right, there is so much on. Uh, you know who I'm, I'm watching? I'm watching Liam McDonald. So after that game up in Japan and how Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph took that Japan team to a different, I think, a totally different level, Izzy. I don't know if you've been able to, to catch up on, on that. Um, I actually ran into Liam. Don't McDon- get me started on that. Mate, I, I actually caught, I, I caught up. I, I just happened to bump in. I, I think I texted you that night as he, um, I was out when Liam McDonald was out with Ali Williams and all the boys oh, yeah. at, at a local. And um, had, a, had a really good chat to him. And and after watching Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown last week, I think it doesn't really matter about the players, you know. So we've got talent. It's about how you unleash that talent and how Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown did that with that Japanese side. I actually want to see what, if, whether Leo, Leon McDonald could actually grab a, a decent side, because it's a decent side, isn't it, and whether or not mm. he can unleash it. Because I that's yeah. what I reckon that's the problem at the moment with the All Blacks is we've got a bottleneck and it's around a lot of things about not feeling comfortable and the reasoning around that we can How all much ha- reins does he have, Kempi? How much of the reins does Leon actually have? Well, let's let's. I'll, I'll ask this question: If if Scott Robinson had the had the team, what would he do? Would he be reined in, or would he just have the reins? And I think I think if if you're saying that, and here's the problem, isn't it? You've, you've just answered my question. The bottleneck, yeah. if they're taking the reins and giving him a token job, then yeah. that's the problem. That's what I feel it is, yeah. I do. You know how we I have this succession coaching scheme that's worked well enough up until this point, and now it's it's a dumpster fire. It, it hasn't worked this time. We know that. Well, maybe this what this All Blacks 15 is from a coaching perspective. It is the new version of succession coaching. So maybe Leon McDonald's in the prime camp spot because he's under the watchful eye of his mentors at New Zealand Rugby. And don't forget, Scott Robertson gets a crack to knock him off. He's coaching mm. the Barbars. Mate, what did, that, so, but so, that's my whole point. You've got Scott Robertson, Leon McDonald, Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown. Like, And you've... I'm just saying, if you put the two All Black teams together, add Jace Ryan into that mix, okay? So that's your five coaches that coach the All Black team. Do you think? What do you think that team would do against the current All Black coaching team? 
Yeah, well, they'd never work together all in that same capacity. Uh, hang on, but that's my point. My point is, they never work together. Why? What if they? What if they actually got together and said, "Man, we could actually create something." That's that. that that's where I think it should go. They should actually sit down and think and talk about this and go, "Well, we're that far behind." We, they don't have the luxuries they anymore. All, they don't have the luxuries anymore. They all anymore. want to be big papa, Kimpy. They all want to be big papa. All <laughs> Not big they're papa. They're all out from under that umbrella, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't. I can see them working together, but we all know Razor it's don't a, want to be small papa. It reminds me of the, the, you know, the Americans when they went to basketball, you know, they went to the Olympics. Yeah. They got towed up. Remember that? Yeah. 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 2000 and Why, you know, what we, everyone went, well, they're the dream team. What did they end up calling? They called them something else. They didn't call them the dream team. No, no, they weren't the dream team. It was 2004 and I think 2008 was the redeem team. The Redeem team. That's with LeBron what, and Carmelo. And let's let's get a Netflix program out about the Redeem team, mate. No, there they is one. be the Redeem team. There is one. That's just launched. I'm not actually kidding. I'll give you the name of it there after this. There you go. <laughs> they actually have. Oh, that's funny you say that. 20- because, because that's it, isn't it? That's it. When you think about it, we have so many good coaches. Yeah, we do. 28 away from uh, seven. I'll give you messages on the All Blacks 15 just after this. Here's Arahata News for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SCNZ with 27 away from 7 o'clock. Just a couple of headlines with Bunnings Trade. Helping business is our trade. The uh, Kiwi fans are up 4-0 right now against France. France are playing a bit of razzle-dazzle as we expected them to do so. Word through, I'm seeing from Stuff, they understand that agreements are close to being finalised between the Tigers, the Western Tigers, the West Tigers, I should say and FMG Stadium to host the Warriors in Hamilton next year. How cool would that be for Hamilton um, in the Waikato to get some NRL Rugby League down there? So we'll watch that story develop over the next wee while. The All Blacks 15 team is named. Patrick Tuipolotu is captaining. Uh, Damian McKenzie takes the first five jersey. Ruben loves at fullback. Sean Stevenson straight onto the right wing. And here's an update on a story we spoke about earlier in the week. The Starship Foundation and Waikato Stud have released a joint statement. So just to put a cap on this one, um, Mark Chittick joined the show and explained about how he wanted to give this $500,000 from I Wish I Win's Golden Eagle purse to the Starship Foundation and he was a bit taken aback when it couldn't happen. While the Starship Foundation have given their response and their explanation, he, they said that Mark's offer to be involved with and became the potentially beneficiary of the charity component of the Golden Eagle race came at 3 p.m. and required to make a rapid decision close by the end of business by the end of the business hours on that day. And as with any charity, due diligence was an essential part of what they did. They didn't have the time to take a good look at it, especially with the offshore nature of where the money was coming from. So the time frame didn't work. It ends off the statement. Both Starship Foundation and Waikato Star have a huge amount of respect for each other's work and industries and intend to work together in the future to build this partnership. So they will get that sorted for later dates, and uh, I think that was quite a good result, and I, I like the fact that they've sent out that joint statement together. There's definitely no animosity, and that was never the intention from Mark. He just wanted to put that out there. So that's nice. Nah, of course, he's a, he's a good bloke, Mark, and his heart's in the right place. And 
of course he wanted to help our kids out um, here in New Zealand. Like, the logic of it is it's $570,000, which would go a long way to, mm. to helping families who are in desperate need of financial support and, and to, to get some common ground around logic and, and sensibility um, – Mate, um, you know, we broke that story here on SENZ, and then it's taken off, and the one conversation lead to another. Now they're back, back in bed together by the looks of it. So, I think it's a really good result. I think it's a good result for Mark. I think it's a really good result for Starship. Yeah, and there was it is awesome. Yeah, there was always going to awesome. be a bit of an explanation. It was a, it was a, a yeah. I mean, hate it when process gets in the way of just outcome, though, is he? Like, you know, like 3 p.m. Could we not have just said yes and made it work? Could somebody not have pulled an overnighter? But who cares? Because moving forward, they're going to work together. So great news story there. Uh, That All Blacks A's team doesn't excite me at all. I won't be surprised if they lose both games on this tour, says Pete. Whoa. Ooh. Uh, Is he? Our boy (laughs) TT from the Bay, question mark, question mark, question mark. Who's that? Yeah, Tyrone Thompson. Tyrone Thompson um, grew up in Hawke's Bay, played for Wellington. He's come back. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a big future. He's got a big future. He's a, he's a, he's an unorthodox um, with his body shape for the for the hook roll. He's very mobile. Um, he's um, just whether he can nail his core roles. So I'm going to look forward to seeing him and seeing what he can do. Marshy, totally, totally agree. Couple of Hawke's Bay lads and look, I've been um, dwelling on this for the last couple of weeks. So I'll get asked. What about those All Blacks? What about those All Blacks? And I'm like, oh no. I just, mate, defensively, we are just quite poor defensively, I feel. We're, we're so disconnected. They were getting so much gains on the outside of us. Our, our wingers and our insides were just disconnected. There was no real certainty on who they had. We didn't bring any line speed. There was, there was nothing. And it was just really frustrating. I, I think... If we don't sort our defence out in the next week, we're going to get an absolute hiding, I feel. When you leak 31 points against the Brave Blossom, look, don't get me wrong, they're not too bad, but they're not world beaters. Let's come on. Let's put some perspective on it. They've got two fantastic coaches that, that would have been analysing the All Blacks for the last couple of months and finding, finding weaknesses. But when you're leaking 31 points, that's where you you, you got to really the question marks start to come in about this All Blacks team. So defensively, I just think they're just lacking at the moment. You so know, you know that, dust, that dustbin philosophy, eh? Like you've got a, you've got a flower and you put it in it, you, um, you put it in the pot and you give it some sun and it blossoms, you know, and, f- yep. and grows. Mate, it's like we had a lid on our one. They got no sun, yep. mate. And I, go, look, I have to agree with you, Izzy. I have to agree with you. When you see what Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown have done with their Japanese side, we did a we did a number on it yesterday. Uh, what was it? How many tries did Mark Ellis score against them at a World Cup? You know what Five, I mean? And that six. was that was what twenty six. years ago. So if they got in twenty years, they've jumped to the, keeping us to five points, eight point. Like they kick a they kick a goal on de- on full time. You can you can disregard that. Basically, they were a try away from winning the game. And um, you think that they've come that far in 20, 20 years where they can hold the All Blacks to that type of scoreline? I think I think if you if you gave that coaching crew a shot, I think they unleash them. I think they because our players, you put them man for man, the skill level is ten times better on the other side. Like. I get what you're saying, Kempi, but at the same time, when I heard Izzy speak just then, all I heard was, yeah, well, we don't have Conrad Smith. Like, we just don't – I just 
keep coming back to the point where just I don't think we do have the same cattle. Like I just we went from a golden generation, yeah. and like what hap- what if we just look back in twenty years and we go maybe this just era of player weren't like they weren't compared to other teams around the world. We just didn't have the world class players. Yeah, like, well, I think it's more of a system thing, uh, Louis. To be honest, I, I, look, we don't have Conrad Smith, we don't have Martin. Let's be completely honest. Rico Yuani is a totally different player. But I feel like it's more of a system situation at the moment. Our wingers, from a wingers perspective, I played in the outsides and I understand a lot about the outside defence. From at the moment, there's a real disconnect. Like you've got the insides, the forwards that are inside those wingers, they're kind of up and they're, they're putting on a wee bit of pressure. But I'd like to see them bring more pressure. But then you've got Sevier Reese and you've got the wingers, Caleb Clark, they're back. So they're not bringing that same heat because they're obviously worried about the outside space, but when you're leaving that disconnect, they're getting up and they get a pass away, that winger's only in one mindset and his only option is to tread and to wait for support to come across and usually nine times out of ten that support is forwards and they're really slow and it's hard for them to get across and, and help you. So that winger's stuck in an island and he's got no decision to make, so he's put himself at risk. So I just feel like our edge defence is really dysfunctional at the moment and we've got no real certainty and it's really affecting us. And um, if they don't work that out, that's what the Japanese seen. And they punished us on the outside. And, and their defence is really I, I good. Think it's a, mm. Oh, man, they're tackling. So that's what I'm thinking. You know, they, they still leak 30 points, the Japanese, but f- considering the talent, the, their defence was pretty good. And you're right around the systems, but it's not just the defences. Like, the whole... The offensive system is pretty average as well, you know. Kicking, kicking the ball away like this willy nilly type style of play. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real. I agree with you. I think it's more systematic than talent. I think they, I think they, you know, we talked about defence at the beginning of the year. Remember that we're talking about how are they going to, how are they going to handle the Irish defensive line? What's their answer to that? Do they understand that turning? Attack into def- in a, as a defensive um, way of beating defensive lines. Do they actually understand it? I just don't think they understand it. I've got, I've got to be on, yeah. I've got to be totally honest here. I honestly think that the current All Black coaching staff do not have a, a grasp of defensive strategies. And every team we play against, they're jumping on the back of each other with rush defence, and they're and they're learning by the by the seat of their pants. But the best ones are the ones that have got the league guys in there that have taught them what those defensive strategies. And you can turn that into attack. And the All Blacks, for some reason, are in this old, that's what I call it, stale, pale model where they just won't budge. Like, they think their system and, the, and their historic system is going to work for them. It's not. 17 away from 7. Uh, let's get to Quizzy Dag after this. 0800 I've got to do some press-ups, eh? 11. you got to do some press-ups. Um, Pete says Caleb Clark's a liability on defence. And there's a text here agreeing with you, Kempi, on your coaching chat from Badula. And we'll get to that. But Quizzy Dag after this. Come on. T- take on the Quizmaster. He's back and he's ready to go. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, D.I.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it, Quizzy, they come play it. 
Yes, I'm back and I'm ready to give someone some apples. We're going to go to Tony from Auckland. Morning, Tones. Morning, guys. How's it going, man? Yeah, morning, apples. Yeah. Good. We good. We good. Good luck, Tones. Here we go. Question number one. Lydia Ko has just parted ways with her coach of more than two years, Sean Foley. Where is Lydia Ko currently placed in the world rankings? Uh, uh, let's just go four. Four is incorrect. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. We're going to get a mark. The Hulk from Tauranga. Morning, Marky. Morning, boys. Uh, Third is correct, Marky boy. Here we go. Question number two. Steve Nash just been fired as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. What team did Steve play for? To become two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. I have no idea. Any clues there, Kimpy? Oh, yep. It's a beautiful day. Uh, Phoenix Suns? Phoenix Suns. They're nice. Question number three. City Kickboxing have just sent a team of fighters across to America to prepare for UFC 281 with Carlos Olberg, Brad Riddell, Dan Hooker, and Israel Atosanyo. What city is the card being held? Uh, New York. Oh, he's on Correct. Question number four. The Philadelphia Phillies absolutely smoked the Houston Astros 7-zip in game three of the NBL World Series playoffs. When was the last time the Phillies won a World Series? <laughs> uh, 1987. Oh. 1987 is a long way off, Marky boy. Have a good day, brother. We're going to go to Jade from Hamilton. Morning, Jade. Morning, brother. How was your trip, right? Oh, that was out the gate, brother. I'm just hanging in there. Hanging in there today, but I'm all good. Good to be back on the airways for you, brother. Here we go. When was the last time the Phillies won a World Series, Jade? Was it 2000? No, 1980. Oh, you were the first time. <laughs> 1980 is way off. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day, brother. We're going to go to Morena to Sir Luke. How you doing, sir? I'm good, lads. How are we? Yes, very good. Thank you. When was the last time the Phillies won a World Series? Is it 08? Ooh. 08 is correct. Bang, bang. 1980 to 08. How good. Here we go. Question number five to take the money. What keyword are you going to text to 469 to make an instant $3 donation to Gumboot Friday? Come on. 469. I'm going for Gumboot. I would give that. Yeah, I'd give that. So, I'll do that. Good but that's good, the thing. Good that's idea. the thing. If you do that, you won't actually donate. It won't. Because it's not the right, yeah, it it's not the right answer. <laughs> well, if you never had I mean, any, you're in charge, if you he, never but... had any gum, what would you have? Oh, I'd have a boot. <laughs> Does it have to be exactly <laughs> what it is? So boots. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're gonna give it to you, Luigi. Everyone should be. We'll give it. To... Everybody should be texting that one.
You're dead yeah, right. Yeah, everyone needs to text. 469, text 469 and text the word BOOTS, B-O-O-T-S, to make a $3 donation to Gumboot Friday. I'm Shot, Luke, te- you're I'm our winner, mate. Again. There we go. No, me Bang it. No Shot worries, up. Luke. Appreciate you coming through every morning on Quizzy Dag. Same time, quarter to seven. Take on the Quizmaster, the Master. You know how it works. He's back now. He's back with a vengeance. He's hanging in there. His words, not mine. We're wrapping the hour up with your text here on, wow, what Troy thinks about the All Blacks defensive systems. He's got a message for you, Kempi. And Chris, you hope you got your number there for the uh, Gumboot Friday, 469. But there's a couple of good texts here for you, Kempi. You're going to get to you after this. Right, coming up to 7 o'clock, nail on head, Kempi. It's on NZR. Sit these guys down and get the best coaching group they can together. Put a process in place where it's about the good of the team. Been saying this since Fozzie appointment in 2019. That's from an unnamed texter, mate. Yeah, look, I think I, I just think the um, structure that they're using to appoint coaches needs to change, and it'll be great to get – I hear what is he saying, um, but it would be great to get them all in the same room and say, look, this is for the – I guess the next step that the All Blacks need to take to come back to their their greatness, their greatness, the All Blacks. I'd love to know if if Razor got the top job, whether what Leon's done over the last couple of years and his time back then he was an assistant coach, now he's a head coach, whether he'd take the back role and go and be an assistant for Razor. Be interesting, because I know what Razor would do and he ain't going to go and be an assistant, which is probably his downfall at the moment. Uh, but we'll keep watching that space. I love what you're saying. Uh, can be passion as always. Anyway, Alex Schiffer coming up. He's the Nets reporter for The Athletic. There's lots going on at the Brooklyn Nets. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Sore throats with Betadine Sore Throat Lozenges 36 pack. Now only $8.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, we're back together. The team is flying. It's Thursday, 3rd of November. in Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ just after 7 o'clock. Appreciate all your messages coming through. And just quickly, before we talk some NBA, the best of the Wallabies and the All Blacks against the Lions would create enormous global coverage. What? Yeah, what are they talking about? Seriously. Hamish McLennan on the possibility of a combined Wallabies Give yourself, give yourself never, an uppercut. We never, ever, ever forget, mate. Come on. There is nothing. Oh, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know if any Wallabies will make that team. <laughs> 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 but, mate, you're kidding. You're kidding. 
I don't know. Look, nice try. To, nice try, Hamish. But, but we're trying to create something, you know, like we're trying to draw more eyes to the game. Would that be something that would entice you and encourage you to watch a game of rugby? Let us know. Double eight, double three, a combined all uh, No. And a Wallabies team. A black and gold jersey donning our earways at Eden Park. No, over in Australia because it's 2025. Would that be something that would just really get you going? Let us know. Double eight, double three. Because <laughs> for me, it's a hard no. But anyway, got to do something to get some eyes back to this game because it's filing, filing, filing. We're going to talk some NBA shortly, and I'll get the team to let me know when that is up and running. But I'll read a couple of messages here. I'm hearing the co-papa on the AB's defensive system. Time for a collab with the Warriors. That is from Troy. <laughs> yeah, Troy's been a bit cheeky there. I think um, <laughs> Justin Morgan, you All Blacks defensive oh, yeah. coach, can be. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, now, nah, look, I, I, I'm just thinking, talking systems, really. Um, yeah, the right person doesn't have to come come out of our back off our backyard, but you could get the right person in there doing that. You know, I'm talking to someone like a Craig Bellamy. Actually, Bell, does Bellier, I think, has announced that this is his last year coaching Melbourne. So um, it ain't that far. And if you think about it, it ain't that far fetched. Maybe having Craig Bellamy sitting in there in the in the All Black system teaching defensive structures, just just on the what the the, the league defensive coach would bring to rugby, Kempi. Can I just talk, uh, pick your mind on that? Pick your brain on on what the real subtleties that the the, the leaguey defence coaches will be able to bring to to rugby union to help defensive teams and, and outfits what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think the I think from you know I'm only working on my own analytics when I'm watching and analysing the gut, the game and the way that um, players make the decision. Like when you when you say when you say for instance you've just made the comment that the winger gets caught out there and sometimes he has to hold yep. and readjust because on the inside of him he has a slower player. Now, in rugby union, while players are moving around, see to have a really good de- defensive system, you have to work really really hard. Yeah, because yeah. in, in rugby league, yeah. you get defensive right, then everything falls off the back of it. So mm-hmm. when you're saying in rugby union that you've got a guy that's in, probably inside me sometimes, you just have to work a little bit harder to adjust and then create some structure around that and some decision-making around that that identifies where the threat is when you're a defender. Therefore, if you have someone slower on the inside of you, you've got a different defensive structure to play. So you're not playing one system. Does that make sense? So I'll give you an example. Yep. When, when I when I first went to Newcastle, for instance, we had a we had a coloured system, and it was a traffic light was red, orange, and green. So depending on the the structure of the offence, is what defensive structure we called. So we had three structures. Okay, beautiful, Kempi. Beautiful. Okay, we're, we're going to tack back to this, Kempi. So hold that thought. We're going to talk some basketball right now with our next guest. Basketball Hall of Famer Steve Nash time as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets ended yesterday, only eight games into the season a move that might not have necessarily shocked the league but definitely one which has left a lot of questions around the direction of the Nets it was well documented over the offseason that star player Kevin Durant had an issue with Nash even demanding a trade which couldn't be facilitated and to add fuel on the fire, his teammate Kyrie Irving has spent more time in the headlines and offering meaningful on-court minutes this season by sharing anti-Semitic 
film hurting many in the basketball and wilder communities. In the middle of it all is Kiwi basketball legend Sean Marks, who is the general manager of the team, and there are increasing doubts surrounding his part to play in the future in Brooklyn. Alex Schiffler, Schiffer is the Brooklyn Nets beat writer for The Athletic and has had a front row ticket to the madness. He's with us now. G'day, Alex. How you doing? Good front row ticket. I don't know what I could get for that ticket on the secondary market. I don't know how desirable that is uh, to others. <laughs> oh, mate, it's been a, an interesting few years into this era in Brooklyn. Did yesterday show there are some pretty significant cracks in the organization? Yeah, I think without question. I mean, you know, you mentioned Kyrie sharing an anti-Semitic documentary on uh, on social media. And now, you know, to replace Steve Nash, they're hiring Ime Udoka, who was suspended for the year um, <laughs> by Boston for an inappropriate workplace relationship that, uh, that got ugly. So, you know, the, the two biggest storylines of the NBA summer were Kevin Durant and the trade request and Ime Udoka. And now those two things are on a collision course in Brooklyn. And, and is that going to fix the problem? In, in essence, did, he, did Steve Nash get the sack or did he walk? I think that's a. I, I think it, it was more of a walk than uh, than getting sacked. You know, he's got a lot of other off court uh, investments. He, he's a minority owner in two soccer teams. Um, you know, he's got a lot of other things going on. I don't think he's. I don't think he had a problem going to sleep last night, being away from all this. So I, I think it was you know him and Sean Marks are close. I don't think Steve Nash had a problem saying this isn't working and I'm out of here. What what happened to KD and Steve Nash relationship? Where did it all break down? That's the the question that no one seems to have a good answer for. You know, if you've met Steve Nash, he's one of the nicest guys. You would never guess this guy was a Hall of Famer. He's very humble. You know, and and even I was talking to one of his close friends the other day. They just even said, how can you be on bad terms with Steve? It's it's pretty hard. So I don't think there's one particular thing that, that led to that. Um, especially with the ultimatum, I, I think in short, though, you know, um, you know, Katie and Kyrie had a lot of influence in the organization, and Sean Marks and the front office began to reset the power dynamic last summer, um, and take control back of that. And, you know, when you give someone their way a long time, and then they stop getting their way, they get upset. So that, to me, that's kind of the, the it's not a specific reason, but I think it's a, the, one of the fundamental things that that was in play. Hey Alex, you're talking about KD and Kyrie. You know how can he be so good at basketball, Kyrie, but not understand how hurtful and just uh, detracting his buddy Kyrie's been for the club? It, you know, Ke- Kevin's loyalty to Kyrie is kind of amazing in some ways, and and you know, Ke- Kevin defended him on Saturday night, saying you know that the media's made a bigger deal of um of of the, the social media posts than uh than needed to be, but you know, I, I think even he missed the mark there of going of you know. Uh, an opportunity to go out of his way and say, you know, but I don't, I don't condone what what was shared in that or, or anything like that. So, he's been a very loyal friend. I think we should all hope to have a friend in life like Kevin Durant. But, um, you know, I, I publicly he said all the right things to defend him. But I mean, again, behind the scenes, you have to wonder if he second guessed some of this himself. What about Sean Marks? There's been a lot going on in the back room. So. Sean Marks, what is his perception? What is the perception of him currently after all this has played out? Yeah, you know, I mean, Sean doesn't have a lot of assets to make a big trade or, or really alter the course of the season. I mean, getting you know Steve part uh, putting a new coach in is one of the few moves he has left. 
Um, you know, his press conference yesterday, I do not think was one of his best. Um, you know, he said, you know, he was at, he, he didn't condone anything of what Kyrie posted. And when asked why Kyrie hasn't been, uh, suspended or fined or anything like that for the organization for, for the behavior, you know, he said, you know, Kyrie didn't speak to you guys yesterday. He's not speaking to the media tonight. You know, we need things to simmer down and cooler heads prevail. And, uh, his last press conference, which obviously went viral, wasn't uh, didn't go over very well. So it, it's it's not a good place the organization's in when you can't put your one of your star players in front of a microphone because you're afraid of what's going to happen. So I, I think I think Sean, you know, is, is still looked at as one of the better GMs in the NBA. But you know, I depend. You know, he he's taken a big bet on Ime turning the season around, and, and then we'll kind of see where it goes from there. You know what I mean? I. I I think Sean's safe, and I'd, I'd put more money on him being the coach, or excuse me, the general manager next season um, today than, than I, I would yesterday. But, uh, you know, things things continue to get unpredictable here, and, and who knows what the next thing's going to be. And, you know, at some point you have to wonder if, it, if it's better for all parties if they just blow this whole thing up. Hey, Alex, I watched, <laughs> I watched that, um, that press conference with Corey, and, and it got me thinking, where does that type of um, – I guess that it's not really press, is it? It's it's personal opinion that's put out on your own socials. Where does that lead the I guess sport in in, in America because it's across both both sports, all sports in America, where athletes who are so um, prominent can go away from their their organisations and start tweeting and and socialising all their own thoughts. Is there is there some type of mechanism? that you think can be put in place to stop that from happening? Or is it just a, a personal opinion that we can't stop? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question. I don't know if there's like a one-size-fits-all answer for it. You know, the, the NBA does have, um, as you said, mechanisms in place that, uh, that you know, Myers Leonard, if you remember, he used uh, an anti-Semitic term, uh, the Miami Heat player a few years ago, and he was sent away from the team for it. So there is some precedent but as, as you say, you know, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving himself said in that explosive press conference, you know, I didn't do anything illegal. And by the letter of the law, he's correct. I mean, um, I, uh, I could tweet uh, after I get off the show that I had a terrible time talking to you guys. No one's going to arrest me or anything. I'm going to look like a jerk. You know what I mean? Uh, that's not the case, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but there's no, but, but there's, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no laws binding you to social media, as you said. So. I think that's what makes it a bit of a, a complex subject. But that being said, there there is some there is some avenues that the Nets could have pursued that they haven't. They claim they're still looking into them, but you know it's been six days. I want to say since he originally posted that. You know, each day, each hour that goes by with nothing being done. You know, to me, the worse it looks, and I mean, to, to me, it would look even worse if we get a month out from this, and then all of a sudden the punishment's handed down. It's like, what do you mean you missed the window? You know, so. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but in short, it's, it, it is complex. There is no great answer, and it does make this all a little harder to figure out. Where do you feel basketball is going at the moment, um, Alex? Like, oh, you've got a current situation with my team, the Lakers, and LeBron's pull amongst the team. Then you've got KD pretty much controlling uh, the Nets and what they're about. Is basketball heading in a, in a difficult direction at the moment with how much pull these players have over the league? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because I, I feel like that stuff's been around a lot longer than people realize. It's just been a lot more in the in the public now. You know, if you read the Jordan rules, that book about Michael Jordan's Bulls in the early 90s, 
you know, he wanted them to draft uh, Kenny Smith, the TNT commentator out of North Carolina, um, over Scottie Pippen because, he, you know, he favored UNC guys where he played college. You know, he, he, had, he, he had a very similar role with the, the Bulls that, that Kevin and, and LeBron and all these guys have now. You know, um, I, I do think that you need to give these guys some level of influence and juice if you want to keep them happy. I also yeah. think there's 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 a balancing act to it. You know, um, Steve Kerr, the Warriors coach, talked about how when the when the team traded Andre Iguodala, he was disgusted by it uh, because he's very close with him, and he thought they were making a mistake. And that trade turned out to be a blessing in disguise, based on the assets they got back for it, the draft picks, and helped them win another title. And he essentially said, "This is why the general manager and the coach can't be the same person. I'm too close to the team to know what's best for the from an emotional standpoint to know what's best for the roster." So, I, I think you know. If I'm trying to get the team to sign my best friend, and he might not be the best fit for his team-wise, but I want to spend all season with my best friend, you know, I'm naturally going to have a bias toward what's best for me and what I want, and it might not be what's best for the team as a whole. So I, I think that these guys do deserve some influence, and, and you know, it's a kind of part of what you sign up for now, but I also think when to pull the plug on that or, or you know, how much to, to dole out and how to kind of factor it among other things. Again, there's no book on that, but I, I don't think it should be the end-all, be-all by any means. Beautiful answer, my friend. We appreciate your time, Alex. Just quickly, can Emir Udoka, if he gets the job, can he pull the Nets back into contention? Um, Yes, you know, drama aside from a basketball standpoint, he's very defensively oriented. Um, You know, the, the, he had the Celtics become a, you know, the league's best defense last year. You know, he's very hard on players. I think Steve Nash, for as good of a guy as he was, maybe that was the problem. He's not the kind of guy to get in your face and drop some F-bombs and light a fire <laughs> under you. Um, but they are 2-6 and six right now. You know, he has his work cut out for him. I think if he were to get them to the second round of the playoffs or conference finals, it's a, it's a beyond a ridiculous achievement, given how loaded the East is. And, and they need to get back above 500 first. So he has his work cut out for him. I do think from a basketball perspective – it is a good hire. Uh, Drama-wise, though, and optics-wise, it's bad. And <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he can be the guy. But again, you know, there's there's a lot of people kind of hitching their wagon to this working out. Yeah, beautiful, mate. We're beautiful. going to watch this story with interest and see it all unfold. We appreciate your time, Alex Schiffer, Nets reporter for The Athletic. We appreciate all the information you've provided. Thanks so much. Take care and uh, have a rest, uh, good rest of your day. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. Bang. Pretty on the money. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, is it? This is a this is a mm. crazy story for so many different angles. Like Ime Adoka, I love it when Alex said there was two big storylines over the summer. Kevin Durant demanding a trade, Ime Adoka getting stood down for a year from the Celtics. Now they're on a collision course. Like they just are addicted to drama, the Brooklyn Nets. They cannot help themselves. It's crazy. And Sean Marks, the Kiwi in the middle of it all. Yeah, like, is he still, just, are they still having faith? Like, everywhere you look with the Brooklyn Nets, there's some controversy or there's something going on, and Sean Marks is amongst it. And he's still regarded as one of the best GMs in the league, but has he still got the faith of the owners and and, 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 the, and the locker room? Mm.
watch this space, I guess. We'll find out over time. Yeah. Uh, 21 minutes past 7 o'clock. There you go. A bit of an update out of Brooklyn uh, with Sean Marks and his nets. Kempi's got the text machine flying on the All Blacks and defence league coaches. He's got us off the back fence after this as well. So stay tuned for that here at Kempi's Warehouse. Great savings every day. We're going to get down and do 10 more press-ups for Movember. The, oh, uh, yeah. the chest is just starting to feel the pinch a wee bit. Love it. Let's get into it. Oh, gee, Daggy's back and he's big. How much more tinkering can this All Black side endure before those in charge realise that our best option currently is to pick our best 15 and give them time together to form combinations? While we continue to change players in and out of the black jersey because we need to see what our depth is like, the real question remains, are we really in a position to be able to do that? They only have a 60% win ratio out of the last 10 games. With every international team lining up to play us at the moment, we play right into their hands by selecting sides based on rotation rather than select players based on form. Geordie Barrett is a prime example. All year, we have searched for a number 12 that brings stability, size and aggression to this crucial position. Our mate Geordie nailed it in his last test match in that number 12 jumper. Well, the answer to the problem has slapped the selectors in the face. Geordie Barrett now looks like he will be moved back to fullback. It seems nonsensical that they continue to look for a solution at 12, even though Geordie has solved it. Slap, 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 slap. No wonder players are feeling stuck. Stuck in a bottleneck of confusion, not knowing what position they are playing or even if they're going to be selected to play one week from the next. Maybe choose the best team And for goodness sake, please leave it alone to build some cohesion. A simple solution, really, which I'm picking, can release the bottleneck currently stifling this all-black team. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Bang. Kempy. Cohesion. Yeah, something they're after. Look, if Will Jordan was here, I'd be completely happy with... um, Geordie going to 12. And, and after his last performance in that jersey, like he just showed and proved everyone that was a little bit uncertain that he is very capable of moving into the 12 jersey and providing uh, and doing a fantastic job. Uh, the only question mark is if he goes to 12, I don't want to go back to the situation where we have Richie Mwanga at 10 and Bodie at fullback. Look, I just, uh, I think we, you know, we've, we've tried that. Don't get me wrong, Bodie's a great player, but I just think there is another option there. If we, we're going to go down that line, we need an out-and-out fullback. And at the moment, Will Jordan was that guy, but he's obviously not there. So if he's not there and, and Geordie plays 12, who goes to the back? And There's only one realistic option. you got Stephen Perafeta, I think, is, is a quality player, but he's still got a lot to, to prove in the world stage, international level. And does Bodie Barrett go back there? I just It doesn't really... Um, yeah, give me the jitters, <laughs> if, if I can say it. So, yeah. So the problem really is fullback, not 12. Yeah, I, th- I think so. If, if Geordie goes to 12, which, um, you know, I, I think he deserves a, another opportunity for sure, the problem is who's going to play fullback. Yeah. And that, you know... And you've using, only got two options, really. Using Geordie as an example there, if uh, what you're saying, though, in an ideal world... If we've got Will Jordan there, Will Jordan should be fullback. Jordy should be twelve. Yeah, that 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 would be a perfect situation, a per- perfect outcome. 
I think it's an easy transition. But now, with no, no will, it creates a hole at the back, I feel. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that in an ideal world, if you have that squad together... Shouldn't and and you're looking for a and you, let's let's use Geordie in the last test. He plays twelve in an ideal world. We've got all of our best players available for the World Cup. Wouldn't it be better to pick your best team and let them play? Well, the team yeah. the team will be named tonight at twelve thirty a.m. So just so, for for everybody wondering when the team's going to be named, I found that out yesterday. I, so it's they named twelve thirty a.m. Yeah, is that a time? Yeah, that is a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half, yeah, half wow. past midnight. Half past midnight. The team's name. So, if you, if you want to stay up for that, be Ooh. our guest. So we'll have that for you first thing tomorrow morning. Um, they used to name the team. I did check on this. I asked some people that would know. They used to name the team at five a.m. New Zealand time when they were on tour when you were playing Izzy, but they stopped that in mm. 2019, and they haven't brought it back. Now they just name it eleven. They name it at about 11 a.m. local time wherever they are around the world. So that's just one size fits all for now. So um, interesting as far as fan engagement and that sort of thing goes. Um, but they'll name it on their own social media channels at 12.30 tonight. We are 29 away from 8 o'clock. The Philly captain's going to be up before the end of the hour. We'll also get some sports headlines into your texts here as well. Horse has got a question for you, Kimpi. We need to get you to answer. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Twenty-six and a half away from eight o'clock this morning. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, and Gull is fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. And Steve Nash is no longer the captain of the captain, the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Was he pushed? Or did he walk? Well, Alan Sh- Alex Schaffer out of The Athletic joined the show just after 7 o'clock and catch his full chat on the podcast channel. Here's what he had to say on Steve Nash particularly. Yeah, I don't think he had a problem going to sleep last night being away from all this. So I, I think it was, you know, him and Sean Marks are close. I don't think Steve Nash had a problem saying this isn't working and I'm out of here. Not a problem at all. Uh, New Zealand, the Kiwi Ferns are leading 34-0. 70 minutes through their opening game of the Rugby League World Cup against France. Ricky's team, he's got them firing. Took them a little while to warm up, but they are into it now. 34-0 ahead there last night. India, well, they survived against Bangladesh. You would have heard that on SEN and SENZ. Last ball, six to tie it. bowls, it's forward straight, it's right down the ground. It's not gone for six. India do just enough and they survive. The Black Caps do or die. Well, they need to survive against Ireland on Friday night. Win and are into the semi-finals. Izzy, while you're away, did you see much of the Black Caps? Because they've, um, well, they pumped Australia and then just an unfortunate hiccup on two nights ago against England. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm following it, and obviously it's pretty big over there and I had to catch up with Bears and had a beer with old Bears in one of the pubs here and uh, a lot of English around so they were loving Brendan McCullum Big Mac over there um, stayed at the hotel with uh, Warner, Wade oh well, man I wanted to rip into them eh? they're all that breakfast and I'm like, yeah you bloody grub Wade but um, nah I didn't uh, but yeah just kept up to date obviously the Philly captain would have yeah 
in a Philly captain, well, I should take a bit of it out of his book at the moment. But, um, yeah, must win now against Ireland for the Black Caps. Obviously still top, but with the net run ratio. But uh, they obviously need a big one against Ireland, who were close to actually ruining Australia's um, party the other day. I was watching that last one, and they had a, a batter in there. I think it was McCarthy. He was buffing it. And uh, I thought they were going to get it done. But they're, they're no easy beats. But um, Not at all. Yeah, I think we'll... Mm. It's going to be an interesting watch, that one. Not at all. As in, Heinrich Milan's in charge of them. He knows the Black Caps really well. He was over here coaching mm. for a long time. Uh, he was CD before the Aces, I'm pretty sure. So it'll be a big game uh, on Friday. You'll hear it here on ECNZ. And Kempe, Horse wants to know... Well, he says he's a little bit lost. You're dead set against an overseas coach for the Kiwis, but just push for an Aussie league coach for the All Blacks defence. Can you clarify why? Well, Don't de- disagree with you, though. Yeah, no, well, the defen- the defensive coach isn't your head coach. He's a, And we're talking more horse, we're talking more systematic um, change here. So you're going to have to bring someone in into a to help them understand these these defensive systems. I don't think, and Izzy, you'll be able to, you'll be able to point me in the right direction here. Have they ever had someone from Rugby League come in and teach an all-black team any type of defensive structure. I, I, you know, just, just to give you some information, I worked with um, Gordon Titchens in the Sevens on defence. Mm. I went and did some defensive work for them um, out at uh, North Harbour Stadium when I was coaching the Warriors. Um, fascinating that they, there's some of the stuff that they, they didn't know. Um, just, just one thing around where your hip should be facing when you're defending. You know what I mean? Because Blake, yeah. you know, that's why Ma Nunu was Nunu was so good because he used to chop off that outside foot and just challenge your inside shoulder. And of course, when you're sliding with that type of defence in rugby, mate, he was he you were like a turnstile. We've had Craig Bellamy. He come in and he offered us a lot of the jackal area and the wrestle, which was really good. And uh, Wayne Smith, you know, the professor, they had a real good connection. So Smithy would come in and we'd do a lot of wrestling. We'd do a lot of um, jackling. And I think uh, the biggest key we, we took out of it is trying to put the player on their back every single time. When you put them on their back, you know, that's hard for them to, you know, get that place and get their thing and trying to hold them on their backs. So we did a lot of work with that. Craig Bellamy really springs to mind when he come to Auckland camp and then has obviously travelled around to Chicago with us. So they have had it, but that was more technique and just trying to get a little bit of technique in the tackle. It wasn't really your system and, and your league system. Um, which I think is probably what you're more alluding to. There, but mm. they brought a lot of the t- technical and tactical um, kind of side to the to the jackal and the wrestle area. Twenty one away from eight. One last one from Rob. Hi, Kempi Izzy. Geordie's performance at second five against Australia was great, but in proper perspective, Australia are ranked eighth in the world and are not a true reflection of the All Blacks' issues, which will be dealt with with at least two, if not three, losses on this tour. Cheers, Rob. Well, Rob. Wales aren't going to be easy beats this weekend at Principality. Um, Izzy will be able to talk tomorrow a wee bit about what it's like playing over there in the Cauldron, one of rugby's oh, great, so good. great coliseums. It's not going to be a cakewalk for sure, Rob, so I can understand why you think that. But after this, we're parking the rugby. We're going stateside again. We're talking to the captain. Cheese steaks. We're talking to the Philly captain. Because <laughs> the Phillies are winning the World Series of after this. <laughs> Here we are, citizens. Bank Park. I told you, I told you from jump, we were going to the World Series. I never lie. Have I lied to you in our whole time knowing (laughs) each other? I'm the trash cans. The Astros are here. 
Oh, how good. Well, we promised you that after every win, we'd have him on the show. And just like the Philadelphia Phillies, we've delivered. The Philly captain was sitting right behind the Astros. You didn't hear him? Well, he was there as his boys hit five home runs to produce a shutout in Game 3 of the World Series. It looked like nobody was having more fun at the game than Philly's greatest heckler. Who joins us on the show now? The Philly captain. I thought the Phillies were struggling, really. How are you this morning? Oh, boys, my boys. I know it sounds pretty good, but it's it's a little raspy. It's a little sore. Uh, <laughs> I had to be extremely loud at the game last night. I don't know if you noticed, but the Houston Astros like to cheat and bang on trash cans. So what we <laughs> did last night, is we were just the loudest crowd in the history of sports. So the Houston Astros couldn't hear anything. <laughs> Was that the best game you've ever been at? Every game I go to is the best game I go to because every game I'm going to is one game closer to the Phillies winning the World Series. So what about this What about this heckling, the, the pitches and stuff like that? You know, like you do that sort of stuff down here in – in, in little old New Zealand, you get kicked out of the ground. How come, they, how come they just let you sit there and say all those damaging things to those pitchers out there? <laughs> well, I'm very respectful. I, 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 I'll call them cheaters. I'll tell them not to use <laughs> sticky stuff. Um, I, you know, I don't curse. Pretty much that's the only rule in Philadelphia. As long as you don't use swear words, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Um, and, and we, every, I mean, it wasn't just me. Everybody was yelling cheater. All 45,000 fans in Citizens Bank Park. Cheater. You can't, you can't <laughs> kick out the whole ballpark for saying that. Oh man. Seven zip. An absolute hiding. So what are we expecting for tonight's game? Game four. And where are you sitting? I'm sit well, I, I sit in section three oh one. Me and my boys, we've been going we sit in the cheap seats. We've been go we went to I went to sixty games this year, and that's where we sit. That's our, our we call ourselves the fandemic crew, and that's where we I'm sitting up there. But well, here's the thing. I'm friends. I'm friends with all the security guards at Citizens Bank Park. I'm friends with all the ushers at Citizens Bank Park. So the captain I pretty much have car blanche. I can go wherever I want, say whatever I want, and do whatever I want. <laughs> Mate, that's a fair, that's a fair few cheesesteaks that you're getting, and there's 60 home games. How, how in love are you with Bryce Harper at the moment? How, how What am I doing with Bryce Harper besides loving him all the time? What, what was the question? <laughs> hey, how much do you love him? Oh, um, listen, I have children. I have pets. And I do not love them as much as I love Bryce Harper. <laughs> oh, you, love Bryce Harper. you know what he does for you're a living? A he hits home runs. He hits home runs in clutch moments. He gets paid a quarter of a billion dollars. And that's why. Because he steps up when he needs to step up. Oh, man, that's so funny. Mate, it's a, it's a hell of a World Series. You're 2-1 up. You're 2-1 up. You're getting close to that magical number of four. Are you expecting uh, another W tonight? And how are we going to get the W? Is it going to be a lot closer? Well, I mean, I mean, it's going to have to be. I mean, if it's a No, no, the Astros stick and they can't <laughs> cheat. It's not going to be closer. Uh, it's. I've been saying this the entire postseason. 
I've been saying this since the beginning of the playoffs. The Phillies are going to win the World Series. They're just the hottest team in baseball. And guess what? There's only two teams in baseball right now. So we're going to have a parade in Philadelphia. I think we're going to have it on Monday, boys. Woo, you guys might want to hop a flight now to be in Philadelphia, to be here for this parade. Get those cheesesteaks ready. We're on our way. Hey, what's in the water in Philly? The Eagles are beaten too. What's going on? Well, listen, our water, just so you know, the Philadelphia water <laughs> is the best water in the world. You know, we have the best bread in the world in Philadelphia. Ain't nobody got good bread like we do. I don't know what's in the water, but I know what I know. The city is positive. The city is Mm. upbeat. And when everybody's positive and upbeat, everybody wins. And that's all our teams are doing right now, winning. Mate, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves Captain Philly, but we are, and I'm going to put you to that situation. If Monday comes and you get the job done to win the World Series, can you just talk us through a day in the life, or maybe even two days for Captain Philly, of what it would be like? Well, this is what I I want. Do you guys know that in Philadelphia, whenever a team wins a playoff series, they have to put grease on all of our light poles because for some reason we just climb poles like maniacs so they're, they're, they have to grease up the poles so what first thing i'm going to do is i'm climbing a pole because that's just what we have to do as, as a philadelphia citizen and then we're going to i you know what i i don't know how much beer i'm going to drink but i'm going to have a i'm going to have a lot of beer i'm probably going to be hung over for a week and then, guess what? We get to do it all. We, then we get to do it for the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl parade. Let's go! Sixers, let's go! All right, thanks, Captain. Thanks for joining us this morning. All the all best. Right. All the best with the Phillies. Talking to you guys again soon. Oh, it's going to be yeah. too much fun. It's too much fun talking to Izzy and Kempy because every time I talk to Izzy and Kempy. My team wins. Go Bill! <laughs> yes, go Niners. <laughs> oh, there you go, Wiz. the man. There you oh, go, Wiz. We, we're man. becoming world famous, mate. They talk to us, they win. I told you. They win. Seven zip. That's an absolute hiding. Get up the Phillies, mate. What a lad. Climbing poles. <laughs> For grease on the power. The lights around the city. I'm climbing a pole and I'm drinking a lot of beer. Bryce Harper came out. He punched one straight into lift, uh, the lift stand. Man. See that video? That was so good. Yeah. Darren in hot. He's oh. right. World Series. 2-1. Philly. It's back there at us. It's back at the ballpark tonight as well. So we might have the captain on again tomorrow to round out the week, guys. Eight away from eight is his bomb squad after this. The Kiwi Ferns have beaten France 46-0 in their opening game of the Rugby League World Cup, the women's event over there in the UK. So a massive good effort to start their event. We'll keep up to date with them as they progress. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Melbourne victory.
Victoria. Some would say this is the racing capital of the world. I'll leave that up to you to debate. But for me, I can speak on my own experience. For years and years, I've watched a great carnival play out on our TVs, having always wondered just what that experience might be like. Well, that experience became a reality when Pango jumped out on Derby Day. And holy hecka, what a day that was. Beside the result... Oh, Pango, it was truly a treasured day to be here. Five group ones watching some of the horses I've followed for years racing real life and getting a real understanding of how much love for racing Australia has really opened up my imagination of what just can be achieved. You have kids, parents enjoying the day out. You have young'uns there just for a good old shindig. And you have pure racing enthusiasts having a bob each way. But no matter what, walk of life you have walked, you were always welcome. Derby Day, what a day. Now the day that stops the nation, Melbourne Cup. Besides the weather and the horrible punting, I've honestly seen why this meeting has so much power. The whole of Australia watches this race and embraces it. Look, in all honesty, I had the time of my life. It's a carnival for all walks of life and should be witnessed if you have the opportunity. The million-dollar question is, with all the amount of champion horses we provide out of New Zealand, why aren't we able to emulate something similar? Stakes money, hype, numbers. For me, it's all an excuse. We have the numbers here. Karaka Millions is our carnival week, and I can't speak from experience. But is it really that good? I'll let Louis answer that question. Can we emulate what goes on in Australia? How do we have some kind of situation or a carnival or something stakes money pipe buy-in what do we need to bring it back to New Zealand because what I witnessed it was unbelievable it was such a fantastic week and I want to see it head over here in New Zealand with all the champions we provide Mike King he's coming up we're going to talk to him He's a champion. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Goals with the Opti Slim range from Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from $5.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. The team is back together. It's Thursday, 3rd of November. It's just after 8 o'clock. Appreciate you tuning in. There's plenty of messages to get through. Just quickly, before we shoot off to Mike King, Louis Kempi, are we able to emulate something similar? I know probably stakes money wouldn't get to a situation like Australia. It's out the gate there. But what's the number one thing we need? That's it. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of divide. There's a disconnect between racing 
and the government. So how do we get to a situation? What do we need? I personally think it's stakes money. I think if you get the right stakes money here, you're going to attract the right horses. And attract the right horses, you attract the right crowd. You know what I mean? So hmm. I think it starts starts there. Like you're racing over there in a race three and on um, race one on Melbourne on Derby Day. You know, it's a $500,000 race, mate. Our group one's a $300,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, a group, you're a group three horse third start going into a five hundred thousand dollar race. It's that's 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 a massive difference. So where does it? Where does, I, don't, I don't. You probably know this information. Where does the money come from? Anyway, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it, boys, because there is more important things right now, Kempi. And I'll throw it to you, Kempi, to do our little introduction. Yeah, no, <coughs> no worries, mate. We were um, real happy this, to to talk to this bloke this morning. Had a good chat to him yesterday, and we're putting a spin on. More than an athlete, uh, for obvious reasons, because we could call it more than an ath- uh, entertainer, and he needs no introduction because we all know who Mike King is, and we all know the work that he's doing. Tomorrow's Gumboot Friday, a day and campaign, all in the name to fundraise for free and timely counselling um, for young people. Such an important resource and effort that Mike has been putting in oh, for a number of years now. He's with us on the phone this morning. Morning, Mike. How are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. It's an important time of the year. We've uh, we opened the show this morning actually with um, with your text uh, number. We've had we've had our uh, our callers coming and saying that they already sent some some texts through uh, to Gumboot. Was it four six nine? I think it was. Um, yep, four six nine. Four six nine. So text that number through to to make your your donation of three three bucks every time that text is gone. How's it all going for you, mate? What's a, what's the reaction been like for you so far this year? Uh, well, you know, it's pretty tough for everyone. I mean, everyone cares about mental health. The problem that we've got is, uh, you know, the misinformation from bureaucrats and politicians about the actual size of the problem. Um, you know, it's an epidemic out there. The suicide figures came out uh, last week at 538, which is, like, I call blatant bullshit. It is impossible for that number to be 538, given, you know, St. John's have had a 30% increase in, in mental health call-outs. The police, 60% of their call-outs are uh, for, you know, people with mental health issues. Uh, the waiting queues are getting longer. People being turned away from hospitals uh, because there's nowhere to go. You, there is no way in hell that number can be 538. So there's complacency and people think, oh, well, look at that, it's a lovely number. Um, it is coming down, the problem's going away. And the problem is not going away, Kempi. There is a tsunami of mm. eating disorder issues coming, as I've said to you before. Um, this issue is not going away. It is only getting worse. And if your child gets unwell and you think someone's coming along on a white horse to save your kids, no white horses are coming. There is nothing coming. Mike, that's that's really sad, Mike. And I, I may have mentioned this to you before, but I've been in that uh, that system with my daughter who had an eating disorder. Um, and honestly, the frustration, I actually wrote two letters to the ministers to, uh, to tell them about our journey and around how we can't get them into facilities and at the end of the day it wasn't just the the bureaucracy that was 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 killing us it was actually the system where people seemed to be yep. just doing a job they weren't really yep. worried about the kids and you know yep. what you're doing is more around the compassionate the 
I guess the empathy that we have for our young people in New Zealand, knowing what they're go through, going through, why why don't they get the message, Mike? Why do you what do you think's holding them back when so many people are screaming it at them that they need help? Well, first off, it's not the politicians. Politicians come and go. The bureaucrats stay the same. The uh, the bureaucrats that Ministry of Health's gone now and it's got to help New Zealand. There has been a flood of rats off the ship who uh, have left the Ministry of Health, who are now blaming the Ministry of Health. Uh, they've left the Ministry and they work for Health New Zealand and they're blaming their old selves at the other building for everything that, that's, that's gone wrong. Look, um, what we do isn't just for kids. It's for parents. And you know what that, that helpless and hopelessness feeling that you have as a parent when you can't get the help for your kids. So what you know, people don't people don't just want help. They want to know that someone is out there and someone is listening and they are being heard. If you are being heard and you know that someone actually cares, you can wait a day longer. You can wait a week longer. But when there's no one there and your child's looking at you going, Why aren't you doing something? Why can't you do something? Uh, you know, it's an absolute nightmare. So, um, you know, Mental health isn't pretty. It's not pretty, you know, and uh, the way a child gets treated when they go to hospital uh, with an eating disorder compared to someone who goes in there with a broken leg is night and day. They will bend over backwards for anyone who's got a physical injury, but you can almost see them sighing when you walk them. (sighs) Okay, look, here's what you need to do. It's the only system in the world where... You know, you have to be in the top 2%. So it's the only system in the world where they, you actively have to have had an attempt on your own life and a good attempt before they will help you. You know, you, it's, it's a system that is encouraging young people, 25 and under, to attempt to take their own lives before you qualify for help. What, what, what sort of a system is that? So, yeah, Mike, uh, is he here, mate? Appreciate you coming on. My, hey. my wife, actually, she got a... Uh... Someone reached out to her that was, um, you know, struggling and, and she was really quite quite bad. Anyway, this is a situation that happened. She um, rang the mental uh, uh, the mental institution or health line or helpline and she spoke to them and said, look, I'm thinking about committing suicide and blah, blah, blah. And um, one of the worst things, and this is a, a frightening situation that she faced, the police turned up, police turned up, put her in handcuffs took her away this is a girl that is afraid of her life and she needs extreme help and she's thinking about this and the police turn up put her in handcuffs and take her to this hill morton place down here in Christchurch, chuck her in there and she's locked up in a room yeah and and i was thinking what so she's already frightened for her own life and the police turn up and it makes her even frightened even more so that's a that's an instance there where it's just totally wrong so if we're going to get it perfectly right when someone needs help how do we get to that situation, and, and is this money going to help get to that point, or well, do we no. need more politicians to listen and get a bit more of an understanding? No, so what, what, we need early intervention. So the problem mm. with face-to-face counselling in this country is it is seen as a crisis care. So you have to be in crisis. Unfortunately, for anyone like that poor young girl... By the time they're in crisis, talking one-on-one to one person 
for two sessions isn't going to solve the problem. So the biggest yeah. problem in mental health and the biggest problem facing sportsmen, if I can loop it back into you guys, is overthinking yeah. and self-doubt, right? You all, so mm. self-doubt is the biggest problem in mental health today. But everyone is pretending they've got their shit together. Everyone is sitting in there and putting on their best face. So for those who are really struggling, they're sitting there thinking, it's just you, it's just you, it's just you. And so, so if, we can, if we can normalize self-doubt younger and younger kids, so we're doing our program now, we, we speak to new entrants in school about normalizing counseling. When you have a little bit of self-doubt, talk about a little pro, uh, problem before it becomes a big problem, before it becomes a suicidal thought. So we have to change the way counseling is seen. So we're trying to change counseling from a, a mental health intervention to just a conversation. It's just a conversation. Because by the time a kid gets to, to high school, their worldview on counseling is already set in stone. And their worldview about counseling is only mentally ill people go there. So I can't have anyone think I'm mentally ill by talking to a counselor. So if we switch that around, get earlier, normalize emotions, if, as, if we as fathers talk about our emotions to our children when we get home, rather than going, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, no, no, it's all good, you know, we need to show emotion, we need to show our kids that we all have emotions, and emotions are a normal part of life. Unfortunately, what they are seeing from us, men in particular, is... I'm staunch, I'm keeping all my shit together, Every, everything is good. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple of things. So it's early intervention is what needs to happen. Yeah. And, and, and the money that people are donating via that text line, um, 100%, every cent goes directly to councillors. We are the only charity in this country that gives every cent that people donate directly to councils. We're the only charity in this country that has said to the government, if you, every dollar, if you give us one dollar, every cent will go to councils. and my organization, I am hope, we will pay the admin charges. We'll pay all the admin. So you know 100, and we will give you all of the data. You will know where every cent goes. For example, up until September this year, the New Zealand public gave $2,456,672.25 to Gumboot Friday. That paid for 19,122 sessions, and $2,456,672.25 was invoiced to us by councillors every cent. And still they say, nah, you're not good enough. They'd rather pay 485 bucks for a service that doesn't work. And isn't that the, isn't that the irony of it? You know what I mean? Like these people don't have an empathic piece of anything inside their body. And don't... You know what the problem is, bro? You know what the problem is? You can't have a dumb hoary with no school certificate coming up with a better system that works than all of these bureaucratic dickheads down in Wellington. That's the problem. You can't have an uppity brown boy coming in and showing us up. And that's just the fact. That is the fact. Hey, just tell us, Mike, you know, like we, we, hear your, we hear your story loud and clear. Tell us a good story. Tell us something good that Gumboot Friday has been able to achieve that isn't out there in the public domain. 
Because everyone... I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm telling you what I'm going to do, Camping. You uh, text me or email this. I'll flick you a series of, uh, of correspondence from people who have been helped, and you read them out. And so you can take your time on this. I don't have to rush out one story. I'll, I'll send you five. That's five nice. great stories. And, and just read them out in the ad breaks, uh, after the ad breaks. Read them out. Let people know what we do and, and why it is so vital. And I'll just choose five at random. Like I've had uh, maybe 150 in just the last day alone emails. I read them all. So, and I'll respond to them all. So just flick me a text and I'll send them to you and I'll get you to read them out. So is there anything else that we can do, Mike? Is there anything else that we can do coming up Gumbo Friday? Everyone everyone knows that you know, it's a, a fantastic uh, charity to support. And like you said, 100% of it's going through to, to the right area. Is there anything else out there that we can do to support Mike King and Gumbo Friday? Bro, just making people aware that the service is there. You know, there are so many families out there that, that still don't know that we exist. They just don't know. So... You know, anything that we can do to help Fano out there who are struggling and let them know that, you know, there is someone out there, there is a service that cares, and it's gumbootfriday.com. Five pushes of a button and you will have a counsellor inside six days. Beautiful, Mike. Hey, just quickly, Mike, just quickly from me, I know you touched on, on athletes' influence and I know you're doing a wonderful campaign with Amelia Kerr, Billy Kerr, uh, Treading Water, mate. Have you had a lot of traction out of that? Oh, huge, bro, huge. Melia is such a superstar, man. She is such a kind and beautiful young lady. Yeah. To put herself and to put her family out there, you know, uh, there's, you know, and you, like, I, I mean this respectfully, but there are lots of athletes who put out the story of their struggles. You, do you know what I mean? You know, in a, in a headline, yeah. particularly after I've done something wrong. Melia's um, young. She is, like, in her early 20s. For her to, yeah. to do that, and she's got a huge future ahead, just in sport, and just whatever she whatever she does, she is going to nail it. So if you haven't already seen it, check out Mealy on um, Instagram. All the episodes are there. I'll, um, you know, Dupe's episode um, uh, is a great one. You know, um, the Hurricanes, um, sorry, the... Uh, Dupe C, Yeah, yeah. Bro, his stories are ma- all the stories there are incredible, and the one that should you know a lot of parents should watch is Robbie Kerr, her dad, and his struggle when she came forward. You'll be familiar with it, Kempi. It's your story. It's all mm. of our stories. You have got kids who are who are struggling. So please, 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 go and check it out. She's just she's a, a national icon, and she's only what twenty something years old. Oh mate, those those, sto- yeah. those stories. My, my, haven't I haven't told my one around uh, the struggles for the last 11, 12 years, and I hear where you're coming from. I know exactly what you're going through, and the amount of support that you are getting, mate. I tip my hat off to you. We had a guy that's just run from Perth to to Sydney, um, and they oh, are bro. they are jumping through hoops for the mo- amount of money that he's made, and we have actually have the same guy sitting here in our backyard, and that's you, Mike King. Thanks a lot for joining us on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. This morning, wish you all the best with Gumboot Friday tomorrow, my brother. And uh, flick and me your email, bro. I will do. Flick I will do. Email. I'll do that right, right now. Later, yeah. later is. Yeah, brother. Thank you. There he is, Mike King, New Zealander of the Year, gave back his uh, his honour as we uh, as we remember because he didn't sit well with it and still fighting mm. the good fight and trying to get uh, the right people to understand that they're not just supporting a charity; they're actually 100 percent of that money goes towards. Uh, 
a fantastic, a fantastic co-papa. So I can hear the passion in them. You know, that's passion, mate. You know what I mean? Like you can hear it in people's voices and to be passionate about something that's so close to my heart and having been through some of that stuff that Mike's doing at the moment. Um, look, I, I truly tip my hat to the man for, for just putting yeah. himself out there. No, I loved it. Loved it. You know how passionate I am about it. and Yeah, it's great work, mate. Like, he just... He just keeps going. Mike just keeps going, and, and for, you know when when you when you think about when you're chasing something and there's no real end result, like what is the end result for Mike King? Helping people, you know, get into a situation where people are getting the genuine help that they need. And man, he could be so tired, but he just continues to work hard for other people. It's so good. Yeah, he is so passionate, Kempi. I hope you can excuse some of his passionate language there. He's just something he cares about so deeply. One seven three seven anytime. That's you can text free call or text one seven three seven anytime for support from a trained counsellor. Uh, of course, you got Lifeline oh eight hundred five four three three five four there as well, or four three five seven help four three five seven for a free text. Twenty two minutes past eight. Paddy says Mike King's organisation is a fantastic one. What they're doing. It's amazing. I encourage everyone to ask your mates, are you okay? And when they say, yeah, man, living the dream, ask them again, are you actually okay? Great chat, lads. Paddy, very well said. 22 minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We're going to be back with some TAB odds from Pauline Wadi in not too long. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. And our guest tipper, who we've offloaded the responsibilities to, Pip Morris, has been on fire last week. She got us home. And I tell you what, everything she tips shortens considerably. Today, we are Cambridge, race number eight, number one, need proof. 450 on opening into 360. We got $50 on the nose for the Child Cancer Foundation. Uh, they're happy to take our cash with grnz.co.nz. You can go and have a look at Need Proof's form there. Race 8 at Cambridge, number one, Need Proof for our Greyhound charity run. And whoops. <coughs> That is Thad Taylor walking out of the wine cellar at Petoni with a bottle of Dom Perignon, and Paulie Moati is standing there with his glass. Oh, glass. Oh, because the TAB, how good were those sausage rolls yesterday? 73-year record-breaking day of $28 million invested, Paulie. Not bad. Yeah, and I'm... I'm I believe a big chunk of that was from you and Kempe. So we, yeah, we, we hey, thank you boys for that. Is it a coincidence that we were, hey, we always say we're good for turnover fully. Uh, 73 years, biggest day ever, 5% up increase from 26 and a half the year on year. That's, that's quite incredible, Kiwis getting involved with the Melbourne Cup. It, it certainly was. It was a huge day. Um, and as you say, whether you were having a bit on your account or headed down to your local TAB uh, or to one of the many bars and restaurants that had uh, TAB self-service terminals, um, everyone, uh, it seemed like everyone had a go. Um, and I guess if you listen to staff or to Kirsty, uh, you may have um, found yourself a winner in the Melbourne Cup with Gold Trip. Well, I'll leave that Kirsty. Kirsty Stairway tipping out a winner. Well done. Well done. It wasn't me, Paulie. I'm back, and it wasn't me for sure. 
It's great to have you back too, Izzy. And I'm just having a look. Mm. It's down your way this Saturday. It's 2000 Guineas Day. The boys opened up the final field market for that yesterday. And the early money, uh, no surprises, all of it heading towards the top of the market. The best back, the favourite, Pierre, uh, currently $3.80. It's a couple of fillies in the race. And one of them, Prowess, is on the second line of betting at $4.50. Uh, after her, what, she finished, I think it was third in the soliloquy, wasn't the worst. Pierre, that that was a dominant win in the Hawks Bay Guineas. Um, and then third favourite, and we've seen a bit of money here, no surprises, Mark Walker, Tiago, uh, Dynastic, $6 into $5. So yeah, they like money that. on all three of those. Mm, what to do with Dynastic? Pierre definitely deserves that top line of betting. Prowess, she is talented. What to do with Dynastic? We've got a couple of days to work that out, Paulie. Uh, and how's this? TAB had Phillies to win, and Bryce Harper did a home run, boosted to 750 yesterday. Yeah, boy. Oh, what a <laughs> fill up. That would have been. The captain would, would have been very happy about that. <laughs> the captain How good. would have loved it. Paulie, thank you for your time, mate. Download the TAB app today. Get involved. R18, please gamble responsibly always. Um, I hope you had, if you had a dabble on Melbourne Cup there, you enjoyed it. But yeah, make sure you gamble responsibly. After this, we will actually, Kempi's got an email he wants to read. It's very important. Mike sent an email through, so we'll get to that. But here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Twenty-seven minutes away from nine o'clock. It is Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. So good to have the Dag Man back, the Punt Man, the Dag Man. Who He's was back. who was best on ground or best off ground? Who was who was MVP of the tour? Oh, Daisy probably. Daisy got pretty good. Daisy was leading the way, man. She was good. How good? She she looked amazing too. I must say, I was she a looked proud beautiful, husband. mate. Who who had I was the, a proud who? husband because she was getting hit on left, right, and centre. I was like, mate. <laughs> Get away, boys. Just just calm down, all right, lads. The daggy's here. All right? Nah, she looked good. She, she led the way very, very well over the old, my darling Daisy. So. Who had the best moves on the Fair dance floor? Oh, daggy. Well, you're going to have to chat to Gareth when he comes up because I hope he doesn't tell too many stories, but <laughs> the Hutch was very proud of Daggy on the D floor. I was the party starter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Gareth this middle of the beads. He will be happy to do that. I, I love racing. Dotting is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. As we said, the 2000 Guineas this weekend in New Zealand down there at Rickerton. It's a ripping, it's a ripping race. Um, there's really good racing across the card. Uh, there's a support card at Tarapa there as well. And I guess the 2000 Guineas, Pierre deserves that favouritism, as I keep saying, but Dynastic is the old man's or cult. And if he can win this Group 1, which is a stallion-making Group 1, he will have a career at stud. So there is, we're talking millions of dollars at stake. We're talking millions of dollars at stake here because the old Manzors are going so well. If he can do a job and be a um, a Group 1 winning cult as a son of our Manzor, he will go to stud and he will have a career. So... Lots at stake. Cognito, the So You Think, just got knocked off by Disses Dramatic, but I reckon that was a funnily run race. It was a very slow pace and got back in the field. It was a pretty average ride. 
he could definitely perform. And then dis is dramatic and prowess the Phillies. Um, and don't don't Desert Lightning as well. Don't discount the Desert Lightning. So that 2,000 guineas puzzle, there's about 178 different ways you can put it together. And we'll just keep our eye on it and see where the money is leading us before Saturday. Loveracing.nz, go and check out the fields there. But Kimpy, Mike said he was going to send you through an email and you found one that you'd like to share? Yeah, he's fired, he's fired through a number already and they're really sombre, uh, sobering reads, mate. Um, and I picked one out because I think what families have to realise is that it affects our kids, whether they're, you know, five or whether they're 10 or whether they're you know, 15, 18, it fixed them all the way through their life. So I've picked one out that sort of is mid-range, and it's honestly, listen, it's, this is how it goes. It goes, good evening to all those that have made Gumboot Friday possible. My nine-year-old son has been struggling to the point of telling me he no longer want, wants to be alive. Ooh, that's so sad, isn't it? I rang two different counselling services who had at least 12 weeks a waiting list and needed a GP referral. I then found Rethink Children's Therapy, who got us in within two weeks, and offered free sessions because they are funded through Gumbo Friday. We've just started our counselling journey, but I am forever grateful that the initiative has been made uh, has made it more affordable for us to get help for our son from the bottom of my, of my heart. Thank you. And I think, you know, just knowing that that support is there for families, like, Having been through this myself and the frustration that it causes and the anxiety that it causes parents who are just trying to help their kids and they can't find a way forward is why you need to support this initiative because Mike is making something so accessible which is really, really hard to get um, and in my experience, I know that's that to be exactly true. So... Um, there's a hundred of them. I don't want to, I can't read them out. I can't read them all out. I, you know, sorry, sorry about that. But it's just that what he's doing is honestly, he's a he's a he's a true champion. I mean, like that's that's the type, you know, I got this thing too about these awards that get handed out, these knighthoods and stuff like that. That's a knighthood. You know what I mean? That's not coaching a rugby team and, you know, getting a knighthood. That work is a knighthood. That we are saving people's lives is a knighthood. And, yeah. you know, that I, I know Mike probably wouldn't accept it, um, but we do, we do need to recognise it for what it is. He's actually making a difference. You know when people say, let's make a difference? Well, guess what? He's saving lives. Mm. Nine years of age. So young and already thinking about that. And Yeah, that's my biggest fear as a, as a, as a parent. Hey, you're constantly worried. And I guess the, my biggest fear is the world that we live in now and, and, and bullying and online bullying and situation and these kids being, you know, and um, put to it every single day. That That is my biggest fear with, with the kids. And if I see them, honestly, if I see them having one little bad streak in their mind or they are being, you know, a bit bossy or something like that, I'll, I'll put it to them straight away that it's not acceptable. But it's my biggest fear eh, as young kids. So that parent that's looking after a nine-year-old, and I know there's many more out there, care kaha, and um, keep asking for help, and keep doing what you do, and just keep being there for your kids, because that's the biggest thing you could do is be there and support them and, and hold them hold their hands through it. Four six Very nine. Passionate. Oops, sorry, is he? Four six no, nine. No, four six nine. 
make an instant three dollar donation to Gumboot Friday. You, that's what you're doing. That email there, you're contributing to that as a resource. Uh, Twenty one away from nine. Gareth Hall talking. The Melbourne Spring Carnival continued after this. Sixteen minutes away from nine o'clock, and look, we might be halfway through the Flemington Melbourne Cup Carnival, but and the fields are out for a cha- like a stacked. And when I say stacked, I mean a stacked Champions Stakes Day on Saturday. But before we can even get there, we have to deal with a Group 1 Thursday. Yeah, we got the Oaks at Flemington today, over the 2,500. Gareth Hall is host of Giddy Up and a lot of the SEN track coverage. He's been dominating the spring alongside his eclectic bunch of colleagues and contributors. He's with us now. Morning, Gareth. G'day, Louis. Great to be on the show, mate. I haven't been dominating as much as your colleague is. He's been dominating the dance floor of the birdcage of Flemington this week. <laughs> Tell us more. We have heard rumours. Oh, I've been sensational to watch. Like, people turn up to Flemington to watch the best thoroughbreds do battle um, for the biggest prizes of all, like Melbourne Cups and Derbies and Oaks. But Izzy's just like the All Blacks. Um, we don't get to see too many All Blacks in Melbourne. Um, but he hasn't let the all-black community down. He's been sensational. And it's not just after race eight he starts dancing. It's after race two he starts dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that you were going to do this. Now, calm down. I hope New Zealand Thoroughbred are listening, Gareth, because they got Cup Week here next week, and they've got a road show on, and Daggy should be leading it on the decks, I reckon. What do you reckon? Yeah, 100%, no, mate. No um, yeah. Locked out his dollar tent. <laughs> hey, mate. So Daggy's torn it up, and he's got blisters over his all over his feet. He reckons so. That's good. That's the tax you pay. Talk to us, because you've had a couple of good judges declare she's extreme in the Oaks. But I've just noticed yeah. there are a couple of people suggesting she might not get the trip, and maybe it's a false price. Where do we sit here? Well, I'm taking her on. Dean Watling and Nikki Gannon have joined me for my preview show. So, um, very good judges, but. Oh, I just think she's got the. Um, she's just had a problem with her feet, so that she's got the synthetic hoof filler, which isn't ideal. Um, and I think twenty five hundred meters is a big question mark for her. And a horse like Zeller and even um, Lindsay Smith Galloper might make it difficult for her um, from a point of view where they'll try to outstay her in the Kennedy Oaks today. And I think Zeller and her horses I just mentioned, Queen Air, could be the horses that can knock her off. This afternoon, so she's far too short for mine at that two dollar fifty quote. So I'll be taking her on, and I think that maybe Sinclair for your man J Mac can cause a little bit of an upset in the Oaks. Yeah, he does come through the right race. Look, I'm with her. I'm, I just think the the uh, form she comes from from Sydney, it's just like it. We've seen it dominate the spring already, and Sharp and Smart just wobbled around a little bit. But obviously, the winner from the Derby came through the same race as well, man's voice. So. I am with her. It looks like, Izzy, you're with Zenzella, by the way you're acting down the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just doing a wee multi as we speak, lads. <laughs> you sort that out. Get, get, Gareth, I'm super curious to get your take on the Dali Champions sprint. Um, yep. Like, How do you stack this up? Nature Strip, he's the champ, mm. and he's been priced as the champ. Um, the up-and-comer, Giga Kick, he's been given respect in the market because we knew what he did last time. Bellina Patina rated a sickening figure off the map. And then you've got Levante, who performed super up the straight last time she was there. So how do you appraise this race? Well, you boys know Levante and Rocket Horse better than I. I think Rocket Horse has been an underrated galloper since arriving here, and she's won the Group 1 before down the straight. She's at $26, $5. I think she's a bet the place. 
But I, I will have Chris Waller on getting up this morning. I think Nature Strip will be mighty hard to beat. A couple of different circumstances this time around compared to the Everest. He won't have a wide gate to contend mm. with. Mm. He won't have an Eduardo annoying him in the early part. Waller get, um, James McDonald just rides his own race with Nature Strip. There's not too much pace here as well. So I think he can just do what he wants in the early part and do what he did last year and then explode. Um, at the 600-metre mark. So I think he's definitely the horse to beat. Giggy Kick, I think, is a better horse around the turn. So I'll be taking on the three-year-old. As you mentioned, um, Louie, I think that the horse that could cause the upset, even though she's only $5 now, is Bella Nipotina. She rated better than what Giggy Kick did um, in the Manicato than what Giggy Kick did in the Everest. So if she can repeat that performance, which is probably unlikely, she might be able to run a mighty race. But I'm with... I'm with um, Nature Strip. I think he'll be, he'll be too strong and he'll make a statement on Saturday afternoon, which I think will be nearly the highlight of the day. Mate, I know you've got to go, but so we'll keep this quick. Yeah. But I, I reckon I heard you say that Private Eye could be the third best horse in Australia. Um, so, yeah. so does he cop the mile and does he just win? Well, I think he does. I, was, I thought he'd be hard to beat the way that he's been going down the straight in a daily sprint, but... Um, I think he'll win. He's, he's run over the 1,300 metres last week and the nature strip was out of this world. He's been set for this race in a way. He steps to the 1,600 metres. Um, he shouldn't be far off them. Um, yeah, I, I give him a big chance. But what a race that is. You've got Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, my Oberon that was so impressive the other day, Tuvalu, Alligator Blood, I think will be up in front along with Tuvalu. And my favourite, Cascadian as well, he's drawn a little awkward, um, but he's absolutely low-flying. So I did mention the champion sprint might be the best race. Maybe it's the champion's mile. And then we've got Adamo and on Thunderstruck and Zaki going around in the champion stakes. So if I was you, Louie, I'd get on a flight and head to Flemington on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, get, we'll get you in the birdcage, don't worry. Yeah, I, well, yeah I'll, get, I'll get my shuffle going. It's probably about half as decent as uh, is he's. Gareth, yeah. appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy it. Good on you, boy. Cheers, get Gareth. on you, boy. Legend. We get on rock and roll, do in the New Zealand Cup. It won't get beat. <laughs> Righto. Oh, oh, mate, I copped it from you and Andy all day that day, and I couldn't believe it. Rock, rock and roll, do. Now they are dreaming. Right there, you go, Gareth Hall, host of Giddy Up. He does very, very sharp work over there. You can catch his podcasts and in the SCN app. He's a good dude, isn't he? Is he? He's a legend, mate. And a- Good chat with him outside, and that's when I met the Harness Racing CEO for Australia. Him and uh, I met him and Andy out there, and had a good chat. And he was talking about Rock and Roll Do coming over here and destroying the Kiwis. I said, "No chance, mate. No chance." Purdom will have something up his sleeve, but they're really confident about that Rock and Roll Do. And um, yeah, some some big things coming out later that I got a little whisper on too, boys. So. Stay tuned. Ooh, gravy dag. Uh, yeah, rock and, gravy, roll, man. rock and Roll do had an awesome cup trial yesterday. Actually, our pacing for purposes on the other side of this, and I'll get you the draw for the New Zealand Cup. It's very important, the draw, because it's that standing start. So I've got you the numbers. We'll get you that after this. Kempi, a text. Better be doing your press-ups. Oh, come on. What do you reckon, eh? Of course we're doing our press-ups. You should be talking to the drive team, not the breakfast team. Are the run-home doing theirs? Probably not. Ooh, sledge. Just, just quickly, that champion stakes on Saturday, Mustang Valley. Mustang yep. Valley is paying 31 bucks. Animos are a clear favourite, but that's a hell of a race. 
It's a, it's, it's a, a hell of a race. It's a, Mr. Maestro backing up from the derby. Mr. Maestro, holy! What about Andrew Forsman? Eh? He's just like, yeah, I don't care. I'll take on Animo. I've got a couple of horses that can take yeah. on Animo. How good's he going? He's just like, oh yeah. Oh, I've got two horses that I can line up against Animo. Sure, <laughs> four one straight. Just one, 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 one. Can Mustang Valley make that a two? Oh, how really? good would it be? Probably not, but oh, come on. <laughs> there's always a chance. <laughs> Seven and a half away from nine, facing for purpose on the other side. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Yes, it is. And for Child Cancer Foundation, we've got $50, and we're going to go straight on the snap. And I actually didn't choose this horse, so I promise you I didn't, because the name is very suspicious. Blazing Louie. Race one at Alexander Park tomorrow night. Blazing Louis for Nikki Chilcott. Uh, Peter Ferguson's got the drive, and it's been going super races. Form 26412, and if it has a similar performance last week, should be getting the chockies for us. Race number one at Alexandra Park tomorrow. Blazing Louis, that is for pacing for purpose. And I said I'd give you the draw. Well, how about I give you some of the key draws? So, Self Assured has got gate one, which is a little bit niggly from that standing start because it does tend to favour the outside. And I'll tell you who's drawn really well. Well, Spankham's got five, Akuta's got three, Krug has four. Um, Copy That has eight, which is probably perfect for him. Rock and Roll Do, the Aussie tip, 13. So on that second line there. So behind Krug, hopefully we'll get a charge through. Um, And also we have BD Joe in 15, Alta Wise Guy 16, Old Town Road 9. So those are a few of your key draws. Up after us, it's Ricardo in for Smithy. Ricardo, morning. Morena, how are we all? Good morning. Good, good, Rick Dog. What do you got? Good, Rick Dog. Hey, is he? Uh, well, what do we got? We're well, going to be talking to Liz Green, who's the new high performance manager for women's cricket for New Zealand cricket. So we've got her on the show. We're going to do some talk back from the start, talk about this All Blacks 15 that has been named um, as well. And we're going to talk about a US sport. Um, the the Phillies The Phillies lot going on there NFL as well <laughs> NBA uh, The Brooklyn Nets have, been, have, have turned into the New York Lakers So yeah We're going to do talk all sorts <laughs> Beautiful Rick Dog Nice and busy you show for you. Is, Stay tuned It's Izzy Stay tuned Yeah, yeah that's Izzy <laughs> he's, he's a host of breakfast That's <laughs> Izzy And he is back And he Guns is out Izzy Guns, guns out to rip to another day tomorrow. Let's go! When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.